Hey, welcome to another episode of Talking Mindset with Murph. I'm D Mac. I'm alongside our CEO, Brian Murphy. Murph, hello. D Mac, what's up, man? Here we are. Uh, hey, and we're gonna we're gonna pick up kind of where we left off with our last episode. Where what we're doing now is is we're going back and looking at some previous keynotes that you've given during uh, during P3, uh, you know, RQP3. And you know, last episode we went over you know what you talked about in 2017. Today we're going to talk about, uh, uh, we're going to play an audio clip uh, from your keynote uh, here in this 2018 one that is going to be really uh, interesting. That, that's about a three-minute clip that, that we'll get to in a minute. But just to kind of give us some context, right, like we mentioned last week, during these P3 keynotes, you always give uh, just kind of a year-in-review type thing. And so the, the one big one, though, that I want to point out from this one that, that kind of blew my mind, we were just talking about before we went on air here, is... In 2017, again, at the 2018 P3, you said, uh, hey, back in 2017, we hired 124 new people. And everybody clapped. Hey! Right? (laughs) And then, right now, as we speak, just down the hall, we have 58 people in onboarding. Right now. Yep. So think about that. 2017 hired 124 new people. Yep. In June of 2021, we have 58 people sitting in onboarding. Yeah. Think about it though. Um, we, we probably have more than probably 120, 130 open positions today. Wow. So our, our recruiting organization and all the people that support that organization. So all the people on our interviewing committees and everything knocked it out of the park to get us 58 people starting. The reality of it is we could have started a hundred and not been over capacity. Wow. That's, it's hard to wrap your mind around just a little bit. So yeah, it's also hard to find a room to fit them in, right? I mean, that's uh... <laughs> that's true. That's also true. Uh, hey, you know, before we play this clip, the one thing I do want to bring up, uh, like the importance of looking back. Sometimes, you know, it's one of those things where we definitely don't want to uh, spend all, all our time looking in the rearview mirror. That's for sure, right? That's how you get in accidents. But uh, th- there's some interesting research out there on. Uh, again, this is child development. This is kind of random, but I, but I think it, it points to the importance of understanding the history of an organization or a team or whatever. Um, but I thought it was really fascinating because they, they looked at a, uh, there, there's a, a long wine raging study around like why, um, you know, are some kids successful and some aren't, right? Everybody's looking for the life hack. Everybody's looking for, hey, what is that thing I need to do for my kid, right? How can I get them to be successful in life? And uh, there's this one study that, that finds that there's really only one thing that they found that was consistent uh, along a, a, a wide group of successful individuals that were now in their 30s. And, you know, they're looking at socioeconomic status. They were looking at culture. They were looking at education. They were looking at, was it one parent home, two parent homes, raised by grandparents, adopted brothers, sisters, youngest, oldest, middle. They were looking at everything. And the one thing that they found that was most consistent for uh, people that were most successful as adults was that when they were children, they understood the history of their family, which I think is really fascinating yeah right when you really think about it and so i just but but the reason i share that is because the importance of like you know i think when you're a child and you understand like oh wow i'm a part of this like lineage or this history and you understand like oh this is part of my identity this is you know i'm a murphy for me i'm a mcmains right and so it's like oh this is what we do this is how we operate i know what my family's done in the past so i know what i'm gonna do in the present and what i need to do going forward because i'm a mcmains or i'm a murphy right so i think about the same is true 
in business and in teams and whatever. Like if I know where we've been and I understand the history and kind of how we've responded in the past, now I have greater clarity, right? And commitment in the present so I can continue that. And I should be proud of the fact that I'm a part of this group going forward. And so that's why I think it's important for us to share kind of the history. It's an important point, DMAC. I don't, um, I'm bad about looking back. You know, I, I always am tilted forward. Um, but it is interesting as I think about, even my own past, you know, being a young kid and, and, uh, my dad, you know, we would always, my, my family's always worked for public. So my mom retired there after 45 years and both my brothers started working there at 14. One went on to become a federal agent. The other one still works there and is president of Publix. But, um, you know, Publix was a big deal to us. The only one that didn't work there was my dad. And so after soccer games on a Saturday, I'd be in my uniforms time. I'm like eight years old up and dad would always stop in the store and talk to the store manager at our local Publix. And, you know, they talk about everything. I always hate it. I'm like, God, I'm sitting here after my game. I just want to go home. want to go play with my friends. I got to sit in the store. And so now I'm turning 16 and it's time to get a job. My dad pulls up. He's like, you got to get a job. You're 16. You know, if you want to drive, you got a job. Cool. Great. I can't wait to work. I've always wanted to work. And he parks the car. He's like, well, go in, ask to speak with Mr. Youngblood and, and tell him you'd like a job. I'm like, wait a minute, Dad. Like, you, you've been talking to this man, you know, and this, these people at this store for how many years of my life? And now, and now i got to go in. At, eight years later, I've endured this, and i got to go ask. And I did. I asked him and, you know, started with a job. My dad drops me off my first day of work. And before I get out of the truck, he said, hey, you know, your brother, and my brothers are seven and eight years older than I am, so Kevin at this time is – 23 and you know started his journey at Publix and climbing the ranks and doing a lot of good work and he opened up he's there opening the first store outside of the state of Florida Publix used to only be in Florida so he was opening up that was his first kind of management leadership post and my dad said hey you know your mom and and your brother have made a, a good name in this company and you will not do anything to mess up the Murphy name in this company. Like you, you need to do your job. And I was, you know, parting words of motivation from Bob Murphy. And so I get out of the truck and I can remember he parked in the back of the parking lot. I'm walking up to this store and I see the Publix on the front. I, I, I was a freaking bag boy. I mean, it's not rocket science to be a bag boy. I thought it was the most important position of my life. And I kept thinking, I can't mess this up. I mean, I ran register to register bagging things like just didn't want to ruin that name and I, there's something to that though i mean I, I always took a lot of pride in it. i was good at it but um i do appreciate my dad for putting that pressure on me and so it means a lot that you, you know it's funny yeah. think about family history and legacy he didn't go back to you know where, where our family originates from from a you know genealogy perspective but right. he made it very clear to me the expectation yeah. um which you know, now looking back on it, I, I appreciate it. I just have to find a way with Devin and Parker to do it in a not-so-scary way uh, in the parking lot. So Yeah, <laughs> I like that story. But yeah, I think these are things that we all know, like probably at like a subconscious level, right? I mean, I think about right now, like the Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series last year. They're in first place in the American League East. They're the best team probably in the American League. Like and the people that I know are like, yeah, the Rays are really good. But if somebody tells you they play for the Rays, you're like, huh. Eh. Cool. But if somebody says, I play for the Yankees, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, wow, this Ooh, guy. Whoa. Yeah, big time. Yankees, yeah. right? Pinstripes. Like, why? Yeah. But it's, I mean, they're in third, fourth place, whatever it is. They haven't been to a World Series in over 12, uh, 10, 12 years, whatever it's been. Um, but history, right? Tradition, because we understand the story. We understand, right, the success they've had. And, and, and that's what I'm excited about, like, 
doing this current series with you because we can start to understand like, oh, wow, like we can take a lot of pride in this logo and kind of where we've been and then how we can continue to grow it and establish ourselves right in the, in the tech industry and in the space that, that yep. we operate in. You know? Totally agree. Yeah. So that's cool. So we're going to uh, jump back into, again, 2018 keynote uh, about a three minute clip here. And, and then we're going to come out of it and talk about, Hey, what was going on at this time? And then, uh, is this still relevant or, or where are we at right now? Let's do it. So Jason's like, where are we going? And I knew the answer to the question, but sometimes I'm afraid to give the answer. I don't want to like scare people. Like I don't want people to think I'm delusional. I've known the answer to that question since we opened the doors and we're just working to get there. So I just told them. I said, one, we're gonna be a multi-billion dollar valued company. And we're a hell of a lot closer to that than you think. <laughs> two, and we already are this, but that whole news lagging indicator thing, so keep that in your mind. Two, we will be common knowledge known as the number one in our category, the clear and away number one, so that when somebody decides not to go with our queue, they are making a conscious decision that they were well aware of that they're going with number two. They are taking risk for no reason. They're going with a B team. And the drop off from us to everybody else will only increase. And right now it's a pretty big drop. So that's number two. Number three, we already are this, but again, it's that known and unknown. We will be known and accepted as the best in class in talent across the entire cybersecurity industry. It doesn't matter whether you build software, make hardware, deliver a service, run Cat5 cable, it doesn't matter. Accounting industry has its big four, the finance industry has its Goldman Sachs, and cybersecurity has its ReliQuest already. And soon, in short order, people will understand that when you see that ReliQuest name on a resume, and that person's been there five plus years or whatever it is, you know they're elite. You know they worked with the best. You know they worked on the best. And you know they found and fixed the biggest, nastiest problems, the fastest that anybody else could do. You know they're phenomenal. And I'm not just talking about cyber positions. I'm talking about quality. Fortune Magazine understands from 2017 to 2018 and the great work that Kim's done, and I don't know that they're going to turn her calls because she hounded him to get the 2018 logo before our conference. Fortune Magazine knows how great of a place we are to work. Fortune Magazine knows how good we are. And soon, everybody will. So it doesn't matter what you do at RQ. It doesn't have to be in technical trades. It will be the standard of excellence. It'll be the thing that people point to. Dr. Malarkey and, and his team, we're going to keep writing cases, and those cases will be consumed, and this will be known everywhere as quality. So those three things. So here are the three things that you mentioned, and I'm going to ask you... Did we hit them? And then and we're going to talk about where we going next, all yep. right? Uh, number one, you said we're going to be a multi-billion dollar value company. Yeah, we're there. We're there. Yeah, greater than a billion dollars, yes. Yep. Number two, you said we will be common knowledge known as the number one in our category, clear and away. Number one. 
I'll say this, and uh, it's one thing we're investing in more with our, our marketing teams and Aaron Sweeney and product marketing and Dan Wire coming in, running comms and PR. Um, there's a lot of noise in cybersecurity. So my number one priority, you know, number, I have three priorities. And, and the first one I always talk about is to rise above the noise in cybersecurity, right? Yeah. Still got some work to do there. It gets noisier. And it's something to understand in cybersecurity there's about $140 billion today spent by enterprises in their cybersecurity programs. But companies pay more than $2 trillion because of the adverse impacts of breaches and, and cyber events. So well, there's already a big disparity in what we're, what we're paying to defend and then what we're paying as a consequence, right? So yeah. can, companies are going to continue to invest, which generates a lot of companies wanting to get into that space. And so that increases noise, right? But think about this, DMAC. Only 60% of the world has access to the internet. So that, that number is growing rapidly. Every time a device is handed out, uh, you know, right. cell phones, and so you see that in the developing world. The problem's not going away. Being above the noise, right? So what I would say is that we are, we are known as the best, you know, that example I give in that clip of, you know, when you, you select somebody other than us, you know, you're going with a B team. Yeah. I would think that the performance of our sales organization, when we get into an opportunity and we talk to a customer about what we do and we show them and they don't go with us, they are, that is happening today. That's exactly right. They know they're going with second best household name, not there yet, but we have the team to get us there. Right. Yeah. Because of all the noise, we got a lot of work to do, a lot of wood to chop there. Third thing, yep. right, was anywhere you see that ReliQuest name and you work there and what does it do for your career and what does it mean? Yep. It means a hell of a lot. That already exists. You can't go to any of the OEMs. You can't go to any of the consulting firms. You can't go to any of our customers. They know what it means when you worked at RQ. And I get the back channels, right? That's why it's always funny to me is I always – you know, I look at people and they want to come in and work hard and that's great. And they decide they want to do something else. Phenomenal. It's great. Hey, good for you. That's our alumni program, right? We have a lot of cases of people yeah. leaving and coming back and, you know, but what is a mystery to me is in this cybersecurity is a small market, right? And so you just get, you know, other CEOs of big companies, you just because somebody has got a $40 billion market cap and we don't, or they're public trade and we don't, don't think we don't talk to each other as CEOs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a small world. So it's like, hey man, we're hearing that, you know, some people have come over and said some bad things about ReliQuest. Like, yeah, no, that's on, that's unfortunate. And you know, the conversation we have with that CEO or that that person has is like, you know, I never understood when somebody goes and really learns a lot and, and works with great people, why they would ever look down on that time, right? Why right. say anything negative, it makes the individual look bad in their careers. Right. So. You know, for me, um, we're already that standard in the industry. Most of the people, especially in security operations, that they don't start their career here knowing a lot about cybersecurity. It's probably their passion. They probably have built their own labs and work, but really the type of experience and the type of work that you do when you get embedded here in security operations is second to none, right? And I think that's the exciting part, I think. You see it in our sales organizations, our marketing organizations, our product organizations, our recruiting organizations. They really do an amazing job of stepping up to this massive problem. That's what gets me excited. So I think that that already exists. We're a known brand from a talent perspective. Yep. Um, you know, I think our university partners know it of like, hey, why go work there, right? Yeah. We have some work to do there, though. I want, 
I want people, you know, when they're going through programs, they don't want to go work for McKenzie. They want to come work for RQ. They don't want to go work for Google. They want to work for RQ. Yeah. And we're closer there than you would think. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I love to hear that, right? It's fun to go back and and hear, you know, Jason A. ask you those questions. Hey, where are we going? And you laid out those three things. So I'm going to ask you again now, 2021, where are we going? So 2021, look, my, my next benchmark is, and again, not the, you know, 5 billion or better in, in, in value. And why does that matter? Like, so let's talk about that. Right. So people ask like, why does that matter? It's just a measure. You know, that's an external measure of success, right? You've got to have your scoreboard. So we look at our scoreboard and how we win at ReliQuest. We renew customers. We upsell our existing customers. You know, we, we do such a good job of making security possible. We're such a force multiplier of their security operations. They sign up for another three years. Or they ask us to upsell and go help solve that problem and be a force multiplier in other areas of their business weren't previously. Or we bring on net new customers that need a force multiplier for security operations. So the valuation is just, it's a fictitious number in a lot of ways. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't do much for me. These are vanity numbers for a lot of a lot of people. And you'll have companies that'll get a big vanity number and then phase away. And the CEO and others will go on speaking doors talking about being a unicorn. I mean, to me, a unicorn is a mythical, magical creature that nobody's ever seen before. So why I want to go around <laughs> calling myself a, a unicorn just because we're worth over a billion dollars, I don't care. So for me, let's let's be better than five billion. Like okay. you know, really be better than ten billion. You know, as you start to separate from everybody, yeah. right? When I look at you know leader in our category, right? It's establishing the category. This open XDR as a service. It's the combination of elite unbelievable team and security operations combined with the technology and gray matter that gives us the access and the visibility of a cloud native product that gives us the access and the things that we need in our security operations center to deliver the outcomes faster, right? That's powerful. It's open XDR as a service, the market's coming to us. And so we're going to do a lot of work. We have been doing a lot of work and we got a lot more wood to chop around that issue. Yeah. You know, the third thing, um, you know, to my point before for security operations, we're already known that, you know, I really want to make sure that anyone that come, that anybody looks at ReliQuest outside of our markets, you know, that, that know us in our markets, but I want to, I want people around the, the United States, around the world to go ReliQuest. That's a, that's a world-class organization, really hard to get hired. Right. But if you can start your career there, or you join there at some point in your career, you're going to. You're going to make a positive impact. You're going to work on the best with the best and be better for it. If you decide to leave or decide to do something else, you're going to leave having made the company better and you're going to leave and the company has made you a little bit better. And that's all I want. That's all I want. I want to be able to look back and enjoy the time that we spent here and, and honor that things weren't easy. Things weren't perfect, but we did make them better. Right. And that's, that's the concept. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really good. Uh, like, what is actionable advice to people that are listening right now that you can say, hey, this is what you can do, or this is the way you can operate, or this is your approach to help us get those three things done? It's a great question. I think for me, it's always been focus. What I found is what we hire you to do, do that maniacally well, do it really well. Opportunity will come. Trust me, if you are high performing, and you've got the right attitude and the right amount of effort and you're crushing your current job, 
the next opportunity is going to find you inside this company. It's how we're wired. Yeah. We're growing at such a rate that and you think about growth is opportunity. So there's opportunity all around us. So I'd say execute on your craft, put maximum effort into the role that you're in. What I found in my career is when people start to get in trouble is they start to, you know, the job they want becomes their focus and they forget the job they're in. And that's, I yeah. think people can get in a lot of trouble there, right? Think about yep. it in sports. Yep. If you start lobbying for the position you want and you're not playing the position you have, yep. you know, you're, you're never, you're never going to get the position that you want because people don't trust they're going to be able to count on you when you go to the next position. Right. And then, I mean, that's, that's present moment focus, right? I think, yeah. you know, if, if you're focused on opportunity, that's future, but that keeps you from focusing on the present, right? So if you're so focused on the opportunity, you can't focus on doing your job, which is the thing you have to do right now, right? But if you focus on doing your job and you're maybe aware of the opportunity, then the opportunity, it's funny how it ends up finding you. It is. I'll say it works in a reverse though. Cause well, I got, find myself, you know, we've, we've talked about this week, you know, the P3 2018, that was three yeah. years ago. Last week, P3 2017, that was four years ago. I, I find myself for a lot of people that have been here a long time, have to tell them then is not now. Mm. So just as important as this present moment's focus to get to the future role, you got to get your head out of the rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, you got to quit. Well, and you know, what we used to do is this, what we used to do is that you have to embrace that train, that change, right? Yep. You've got to understand that then is not now you can't seek relevance, right? You, you, you can't seek relevance. You got to perform. You know, relevance is something that's an outcome. Like you become more relevant, the more effort you give in your current role. Right. If you're lobbying for relevance and you're lobbying, always wanting to be in a certain meeting or wanting to tell the story of the impact you made, you become irrelevant. Yeah. You know, you're the person yeah. nobody wants in the meeting. So I think for me, it's um, the present moment matters, right? And and we can respect our past. We cannot revere it. Right. It can't slow us down, right? Um, so, we, and, and I can I can want my future, but if I don't do the work in the present, I'll never get there. And right. you know, there's too many examples to, to point to where we've done well there and not done well there, yeah. um, but it matters. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's great. Um, I mean, it, it's been fun to, to go through these. I mean, for me, you know, I, I've been here six months now. And so it's fun for me to go back, listen through these, kind of hear where we've been and then get to talk to you about it. And, uh, I hope that everyone out there listening is, is, is finding the same appreciation for it. Like, Oh wow, this is really interesting. It's kind of where we've been. And again, with the whole goal and the intent to understand and appreciate where we're at so we can really lock in, get engaged and get focused to get over, you know, the, the next hump or to the next day, you know, wherever we want to get to, we can get there. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Murph, I appreciate doing these, uh, with you. I know, uh, in the future we're going to, uh, check in on 2019 Yep, and then, uh, 2020 Whew. that was a year yeah <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it at that uh but yeah looking forward to doing more of these uh in the future thanks for tuning in to talk of mindset with Murph. love it dmac thanks yeah. man see you